Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. We're here with Christy, who takes people out on trail rides here in Three Rivers, California. Christy, now what is the name of your company? Well, it's not a company. It's my, my business is Wooden Horse Training Stables. Training Stables, but yes. you still take visitors that come out here to the Sequoia National Park on I trail sure rides? I do. People want to come out and ride the foothills. We're, we're six miles to the entrance to Sequoia National Park. So if they want to ride the foothills in beautiful Three Rivers, I can take them out on a trail ride. So when we went on the trail ride today, mm-hmm. which we really enjoyed, mm-hmm. and, and I have to say that I think the most important thing was you actually took us out in the arena so we could actually walk along. Is it an arena or a corral? I That's say paddock. Arena. That's an arena. That was an arena. Okay, the arena. And mm-hmm. so we could actually get the feel of what we're doing and how to direct the horses. Yes, I want you to be comfortable, and I want my horses to be comfortable, mm-hmm. but you need to know how they're trained so that you can guide them better on the trail and have a good ride. Yeah, it was fun, and we went up in, in the foothills, like you the said, foothills. so we could see Sequoia National mm-hmm. Park from there, and then the town of Three Rivers. That's right. So Our canyon beach. community. Yeah, it's right. beautiful. Yes. We didn't see any Starbucks, though. No, that's okay. That's okay. I can <laughs> I drive my 23 <laughs> miles to the first one. <laughs> see? We, we preserve our beauty. Uh, but that's what we like. Yes. We like that fact that it's you we know, do very too. That's why we're here. So, Chrissy, how long does it take you to train a horse to be ready for a novice rider? Wow, how much time do I have? (laughs) (laughs) Really, uh, you start riding a young horse uh, at the age of two, but I I pre-train my horses. Um, I have hands-on. When a baby's born, 20 minutes later, they're being uh, imprinted and desensitized to my touch all over their body, uh, clippers, even the sound of plastic on their body, different things you're going to use in the rest of their life, uh, a leather bridle and the sound of chains, uh, not chains, but, you know, snaps and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I train my horses early, and by the time they're two, they're already pretty much trained except for my weight. And uh, But actually, I do some pre-riding even in the river when they're yearlings. I sit on my babies in the water. Oh. Where it's very tranquil, plus it holds them uh, in, oh. in place, and they get to feel my weight, which makes me more buoyant, even though I don't have that issue with a weight issue, but uh, they get to feel a person on their back. Uh-huh. And then at the age of two, we start riding them. But a two-year-old isn't ready for out-of-towners to come and go down the trail. So you need a couple more years. Usually uh, by the time they're four, mm-hmm. we have a lot of miles on our horses, and they're ready to carry people in the foothills. How old um, do you have to be to go on a trail ride with you? Is there is there an age limit to this? We prefer people, um, young people uh, as young as 14 can go out on the trail mm-hmm. if they've never ridden before. If we have some exceptional riders that have been taking riding lessons for two or three years and they're 12, possibly even 11, I would consider that. Okay. Uh, so it's an evaluation. That's part of also going out in the arena like you did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I get to evaluate your, your skills, mm-hmm. and that pretty much tells me which trail I'm going to take you on mm-hmm. because people that are really beginners, I, I don't want to frighten them and go up and down s- steep hills. Mm-hmm. We have more uh, level trails that we can mm-hmm. take you out on. Okay, that's, that's a yeah, nice point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny because when you, we went across at the beginning when you were getting your horse, Dollar, mm-hmm. we have Cowboy. Mm-hmm. And now, Sierra. Cow- Cowboys, he's, he's a fun horse to ride. He's, yes, he took care of you. He's, he's, he's a, a very cool horse. Yes, he, he can size up his riders really well if he, if he realizes that you may not be uh, top-notch in your skill. He's just All of my horses are very well trained. Mm-hmm. They're just going to walk. 
and take their time, and they really pretty much take care of you. But you still have to guide them. Yeah. You still have to at least convince them that you're in someone's control. <laughs> that you're there. You're <laughs> the present. Well, well who would, right. you, would you want that's someone good. on your back that's, that's right. sitting there going, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's exactly. like, yeah. you know, taking a drunk home. <laughs> well, my horses will just stop. If you don't guide them well enough, they'll just put their mm-hmm. head down and start and eating. Eat. Yeah. And eat. Because yeah. why not? And, well, and everything sort of stalls from there, so we need to keep them moving, obviously. When we went across the road to go and get Dollar, mm-hmm. um, there was banana trees. I'm like, what are banana trees doing here in Three Rivers? Mm-hmm. I didn't think you could grow bananas bananas here. Well, I'd love to get some bananas off those trees, but my season isn't long enough. I've planted uh, the banana trees mainly to desensitize my horses to a lot of movement and a lot of touch from the, the limbs. So obviously, or the leaves, obviously if you're riding out on the trail and, mm-hmm. you're, and you're going through a lot of brush, um, you want your horse comfortable with a branch slapping mm-hmm. them in the side and, and knowing that and it's knowing that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another process of training my babies. I pony my babies um, starting when they're four months old. They mm-hmm. cross the river, they go up and down the road with traffic, and they're up on the hills and rocks. Mm. So, well, this is such a beautiful setting to go horse riding in. Yes, and I love it that you're connected to the national parks, especially with our Spirit of America tour. And one thing that you know really hit home for us is that you do the Chief Joseph Trail. It's a historic ride, you said. That's correct. Tell us a well, little bit about that. The Chief Joseph Trail Ride is a, is a wonderful, wonderful ride. Uh, it follows the history, uh, it's called the Trail of Tears, mm-hmm. and it follows the history of the Nez Perce Indians that were um, um, being forced to uh, give up their land and their freedom to reside on a reservation. And Chief Joseph decided, you know, I'd rather live free than to live under white man's rule. And so uh, he eluded the Calvary for 1,300 miles, took 2,000 horses and 800 people, and eluded the Calvary for 1,300 miles in That's three a and a half months. Mm-hmm. He was on his way to Canada to join up with Crazy Horse, uh, to find sanctuary in Canada because of um, all the battles that Indians had had and everybody was trying to eliminate, exterminate literally the Indians. So um, it's a wonderful ride. We follow this trail for 1,300 miles. We ride 100 miles every year. It's a progressive ride that means they move camp every night. Wow. And we're riding over beautiful historic trails. We're up on the Continental Divide. Um, one trail a couple of years ago, you could stretch your arms out and you could touch Idaho on one side, Montana on the other. No and way. It's exciting. We're that actually is. up above the snow level, too, which sounds kind of strange, but the snow doesn't cling to the rocks that are up at 9,400 feet. And the snow is below us, so we got to ride through snow drifts. And we're riding through history. We're seeing history still um, uh, along the trail. And so part of this, you're actually going through National Park heritage yes, we areas are. yes. and the Nez Perce Trail, yes. historic trail, yes, um, which is a national park trail, and also right. I think a lot through national forests too. That's right. But you're using Appaloosa horses, right? Well, you need to, yes. The, the uh, Nez Perce Indians were the ones that actually developed the Appaloosa breed. Mm-hmm. And so you have to ride a registered Appaloosa on this ride. It is, it is sponsored by the Appaloosa Horse Club who uh, next year in 2014 will be celebrating their 75th anniversary. And the ride next year in 2014 will celebrate its 50th anniversary of holding this ride every mm. year. Mm. So 100 miles, how many days of riding we is We ride that? five days. Five days. So it, it changes. It depends on where we uh, can find places to camp. Sometimes we might ride 15 miles in one day. Uh, the longest ride so far I've done is 31 miles in one day. Ooh. It's the Pony Express. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a heck of a trail. It was quite a ride. It was quite a ride. Well, it's interesting because you're going into the history and you're getting in, immersed in the Native American culture yes. and heritage. Yes, and I know that you also ride in the Tournament of Roses Parade every year. So January 1st, we're going to be able to watch you on TV, right? Yes, you will. I'll be riding with uh, 12 other riders uh, with the Calizona Appaloosa Horse Club. It's a club that's based in Southern California. They actually have a milestone there. They are celebrating their 60th year of being a regional club with the Appaloosa Horse Club. It's the longest existing club Mm -hmm. in the U.S. that is still um, 
functioning, holding well, shows and everything else. So I ride with this group, and we all ride in 1870s Nest Purse attire. I know you were showing it's, us some of it, and yeah. it really does seasons. showcase yeah. how you know Native Americans really utilize everything. It's yeah. not there's no waste. It's, right. it's complete sustainability when That's it comes right. to, you know, if you if you hunt a deer, they're going to use the deer toes for That's rattles. Right. And right. you, the one piece um, that you showed us had you know pennies on it. Can you tell us the story about that? Oh, the pounded pennies. Yes. Well, Indians liked um, uh, they liked the things that made. Um, Noises. I, I guess that's a, a lack of a word, but they love the sound, sound. of bells, yeah. sounds. Uh, like even the uh, gigas had the shell casings. Mm -hmm. So old shell casings put together makes a beautiful sound. I should have brought mm -hmm. some out here. Listen to it. Uh, but the pounded pennies um, make a beautiful sound when they when a horse moves and they and they clang together, um, kind of like a wind chime. But what happened is the uh, the Indians were paid for some of their furs, and when they traded with the uh, trading post, they were paid in pennies, and they didn't realize that the penny was. Um, uh, not worth very much money. They didn't know that one cent was nothing, mm, yeah, really nothing. nothing. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't like $10. It was mm. a penny. And so when they found that out, they were very um, disgruntled, obviously, with the U.S. government doing that to them. And so they defaced the penny. It's called a pounded penny because you can <laughs> see how it was flat. Mm -hmm. They took out the uh, insignias that were on the pennies on both sides with either rocks or the, sometimes they would let trains roll over these pennies <laughs> also and deface the pennies. But then they would put them on their outfits and have a wonderful sound. See, mm. So you make music out of make music yeah. out of <laughs> adversity. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Well, good word. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> now you're also an author of two books. Yes, I am. And now you've got your best horse show that you wrote, Everybody by Christy Wood, and I mm -hmm. imagine all these are on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And yes, and off of my website as well. What's your website my for everyone? My website is uh, www.wdnhorse.com. Okay, so you've got your best horse show. Mm -hmm. This yes, is it's, a, it's a book I wrote. This is just just briefly. It's a book uh, I wrote to help horse clubs put on uh, a successful horse event, okay. a horse show, um, just whatever. It has a lot of information on how to hire your officials, all the job descriptions of what people should do, um, getting your awards and picking your date and the facility and everything, how to contract judges and, and sample uh, patterns and everything else. It's just a great handbook to help clubs be more successful. Because mm -hmm. I judge a lot of horse mm -hmm. shows. I'm a car to judge, and I've been to some really great shows, and I've been to some that I've had to do more than just judge the show and help them out. So I wrote a handbook to help people. Well, you know, by doing that, it's interesting, going in your tack room there, mm -hmm. there's like ribbons everywhere, going in your mm -hmm. office, there's awards right. and statues. Yeah. I mean, you, yes. I'm a competitive you, person. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I like, like that. Compete, but I also love to judge competitors. Okay. So I love both ends of it. So w what started you on the journey of horses? Because And, and give everybody a little background so they know who's, who's taking them out on the trail. Oh, well, I... Um, I think I've loved horses since since I could breathe. My mm. mother and dad said that my first word was horsey. So it wasn't mommy or daddy, it was horsey. I just, I just <laughs> believe that actually God predisposed Christy, just said Christy was going to be a horse trainer. Because it's been that way all my life. My parents were not involved with horses. And it was just something that I was just drawn to, and, and it just captivated me. And even though uh, you see me who I am today, I was very shy when I was younger, mm -hmm. and I, I had a very great... Uh, uh, satisfaction in communicating with a horse mm. and not having to deal with sometimes the awkwardness of people, you know, mm. how it is sometimes. But that developed, and I actually developed a school, a skill of actually how to communicate with not only horses but with people now to help people understand how to be better riders. So, mm. how much of horse training is really people training then? Uh oh. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> yeah. I tell you what uh, it's easier sometimes to train the horses than it is the people. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can understand yeah. that. But in my training program, I make sure that the owners have hands on. I want them here every day mm. 
Mm-hmm. It's not just I hand you back a horse in three or four months and hear the reins and have a great ride. No, I want them involved. It has I want to them be to learn. Connected. They need to see how the horse is communicating and how they need to communicate with the horse. Mm-hmm. So, doing all the, your whole career. Do you stick to one kind of riding? Because when we started talking, oh, you're like, no. you do dressage. I'm like, okay, we did that in South Africa, and that's kind of an English side. And then I'm hearing that you're doing cowboy challenges, you know, about mountain shooting. So I'm just, I'm just real versatile, and I think horses should be that way as well. Mm. So no matter what breed of horse you ride, I think every horse should be allowed to be a horse, which means they can go out and experience the world around them. Mm-hmm. Not just, uh, we call them barn babies, not just horses that just go to the show arena and back to the barn again. Mm-hmm. They need to experience life. Mm-hmm. People need to do that as well. But your horse is better and more well-rounded if they can do all of this. So, yes, mm-hmm. I train basic dressage on these horses, whether they're going to be English or Western, whether they're going on the, on the mountain trail. If you're riding up on the mountain trail, you need to be able to know you can put a leg on that horse and keep him straight and mm-hmm. guide him with your legs, which is a dressage movement. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then um, if you have to get over a log, be sure nice to know if your horse can hop over that log a little bit, do a little bit of jumping possibly, mm-hmm. or stop, cross water. I mean, mm-hmm. every horse should be able to do that. So yeah, um, but I compete. I compete on the national and world level over fences. I show in English events. I also show in Western events, um, showing trail obstacles. Uh, yes, I do extreme cowboy racing, which is memorizing uh, or trail challenges, memorizing 40 obstacles, and you have nine minutes to run it. Hmm. And you've got to get through a course on time it, with technical accuracy. To win these events, so you're not. So, I'm not allowed to get the giggles if I was on the horse. No, right? Uh, you got no. to get it done. No, you got to get it done. Yeah. You got to be yeah. focused. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. what is your greatest accomplishment? Do you think, in, out of your entire career thus far with horses? Uh, well, I've trained probably 15 world champions and three supreme champions in the show arena, which I'm mm-hmm. very proud of. I've got some great students that uh, have gone that direction as well. They've been world champions, and uh, the cowboy racing is a lot of fun. It's all. It's hard to pick one special thing. I've just been blessed to enjoy every aspect of the horse, mm. and not just one. So when people say they just ride English, I always say, you need to sit in a Western saddle one time. Or some mm-hmm. of the Western riders say, you need to sit in an English saddle one time and yeah. experience kind of the other side of the it's good for your butt cheeks, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So when, when you're looking at a horse, what do you look for in a horse? Well, the first thing I look at is I look at their eyes, and I like to look at the disposition. There's a spirit in the animal that I um, can discern, mm-hmm. and that's how I pick the ones I pick or, or breed for the ones that I want to breed for. So I think disposition is really important. Uh, and then confirmation, it's form to function. You mm-hmm. need to have a correct animal in order for it to perform well mm-hmm. and stay healthy and sound all of its life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, bloodlines are important as well, and then uh, color to me is last, um, last pretty much last the on the list because, you know, the, a good horse is never a bad color. That's right. That's true, too. Now, Ranger, tell us about this, your book, yes. Ranger, The Little uh, Horse with the Big Heart. This was, a, this was a wonderful horse that I owned. Ranger lived to be 32 years young, mm. and we had some amazing adventures uh. together. This story, uh, this, his life story is in this book, and uh, every adventure in there is true. So it's based on a true story. But what's special about the book is that Ranger writes his own life story. So it's in the horse's voice and how he has lived uh. with humans and other animals and uh, actually overcame some adversity, so it's an inspirational story for all ages. Nice. Very cool. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Christy. It's been such a great day. So everybody, again, your website, wdnhorse.com. That's correct. All right. And everybody, don't forget January 1st. January 1st will be in the Rose Parade. I'll make sure you understand that we're all riding in the 1870s Nest Purse attire. So people that know me and see me in a smaller demeanor here with blonde hair, I will actually be in full character. So I have a black wig that I wear 
probably on the tallest white horse. She, she's going to look like Cher. Yes, 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 yes,